that's the that's, that's the, the phrase right there. Yeah, that's the motto. <laughs> yeah. That is literally the motto. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks, Starks artist. You are now tuned in to the Justin from Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. Jordan, let them know where we at. We're not in the studio. We not. We travel. We on not the road. in our mom's basement. We put in. We put in the hours. <laughs> Three hours grinding. I'm telling you. It was rough. We in the Ville, Nashville. In the Ville. What's the, the yeah. what? The six one what? The six one five. Yeah. You know what's up? Get it right. Six one five in the house. I was yeah. nervous. I had to make sure I got it right. Six one five. We in the six one five this weekend. Um, and we always telling people all the time, like you've been listening for a while, that we always in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Like we'd be in the episode, like yeah, we were just in Nashville last weekend or whatever. We was just here last weekend, wasn't we? Yeah, like two weeks yeah, ago. That's it, crazy. Wasn't, it wasn't even that long. Yeah. But I don't I don't see John or Eric here. I don't either. I I don't know where they the at. People but we, are probably confused. I know, but <laughs> we are here with a special guest, another like huge part of the Diggs family. Someone has blessed us like mm-hmm. tremendously. That is extremely wise. I've been like I didn't know I didn't really even think she'd want to come on. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't know. I was waiting for her to bring wait it up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I can tell you how I actually got on here. Talk to her. I just said if you don't let me on this podcast, ain't none of y'all eating no more. No food. <laughs> I'm you can't come back unless I get on here. I'm just teasing. No, but I'm super excited to have her on. But welcoming Erica Diggs. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um I'm super excited to have her on. Thank you for coming on. Thank oh, you. what an honor. It's a pleasure. No, 100%. Um, like I said, like she is like, uh, when we met John and Eric, um, our best friends uh, at Passion, uh, beginning of 2022, yeah. um, I mean, they really just became our brothers like really, really soon. And not only them, but like we came a, came a part of like a bigger tribe and a family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miss Erica Diggs was also a part of that. And ever since then, like, you know, we've come here on the weekends and on Saturdays, you know, we may have like a little Bible study, like right after we eat, you know, when she cook, we'll do it. Right. And it's just like blessed us so much. Um, and so, yeah, we, it was, it was about time that we went ahead and just it was like, ba- it was bound to happen. Yeah. Bound yeah. It's long overdue actually. So I'm yeah. really excited about this. I think it's going to bless a lot of people, but um, for people who don't know, and I'm actually really curious because I think you've mentioned to it to us a few times. So like, uh, I want to know a little more about just like your ministry. Like, how did you get here today with like, you know, you just speaking to people's lives, you know, like young, young adults, teens, college students. Um, what was that journey like for you to get to where you're at? Like right now? Oh, there's a man. So I kind of grew up in domestic violence and uh, I was born early, six weeks early because my dad jumped on my mom, beat her up. And my mo- my mother because I almost died several times because my lungs were underdeveloped. I had a lot of asthma, sickness, and all kinds of stuff. And so my mom prayed a prayer one day when I was about to die that I would live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so from a place of adversity, hurt, pain, um, I started doing street ministry when I was a little girl. And so I'd go into the projects, we would feed families, we're preaching the gospel. Um, And so I kind of grew up in ministry. And then, of course, we hit our little wild time, crazy, (laughs) out in the streets. And then God snatched me back in, and I did a lot of prison ministry, uh, went to rescue missions, um, did a lot of women's retreats, and started doing discipleship clinics and evangelism clinics and Wherever else God opened the door, I was running through those doors. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And so 
what do you do? What would you say you do now? Erica Dix Ministries with like what you do. Is it like just center around college students, books? Like give us like the totality of like what, what season you're in right now. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm in a season where it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, whatever you say, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's more or less because like I'm traveling a lot around the world, doing a lot of evangelism on uh, university campuses in Mexico, Peru, different places. And uh, helping to lead teams with pastors, helping new church plants and things like that and training other campus missionaries. But also, you know, we have here in Nashville, we have a life group This, oh, my God. Amazing. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, I, one day I was looking around our house and I realized we had like nine colleges represented in the mm, room. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this happening? Um, but I worked for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, first, I'll say I was a federal investigator with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. But I had been in ministry, worked as a coordinator of a prayer center for the General Board of Discipleship. I worked for the Christian Broadcasting Network as a prayer for that. Um, And then when I worked for the government for several years, God called me out to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes where I ministered to a lot of athletes and coaches. So it was from there that a lot of things were birthed to. That's where I started really inviting students into my home because I worked at a school that had Mm -hmm. a lot lot of gang activity and uh, people that were... They were on drugs real bad, drinking. I mean, just didn't care. And so they don't care about school when life at home is crazy. And so I wanted people to see that there could be African-Americans that can have three sons that are not fussing, cussing, Mm gangbanging, not selling weed, not doing all these things, but living for Jesus. But we're walking in love and there's peace in our home. And I wanted them to experience true family. 100%. 100%. No, I love all of that. So as y'all can see, season, why? Yeah, gone y'all heard it right there already. Um, and what, so with all that, one of the biggest things I really wanted to talk to you about, I know we talked about it on the phone, um, is we did an episode a while ago. So when this drops, like definitely this like about two years ago, honestly, like in the really early stages yeah. of the podcast. And it was really completely inspired by something that we had learned here uh, in one of the life groups. And you were going through like your discipleship book and we went through the section and it was called the authority of the believer. And I thought that was just like extremely amazing. And we made an episode called cycles off of that book, like the verses and like everything. And everything. And that like really blessed a lot of people and something that I know just like as like just teens, young adults, like people are going through. Um, So one of the, I want to really want that to be like a premise of it. And I want to ask you uh, when it comes like the authority of the believer, what do people like not understand or like just don't realize about the power they really have like in Christ? Cause I think some people oh, just yeah. don't see it or acknowledge it or just yeah. are unaware of what, you know, what they really have. I do. I feel like I'm on this. Um, some of the things that God's speaking to me right now, that's important. He's like, okay, Eric, I want you to help multiply leaders, but show them. So Jesus, when I came out of a lot of the domestic violence and sickness and fear and all of the depression and stuff that I was in, I remember Jesus asked me a question. And he said, would you like to stay the devil's victim or would you like for me to show you how I made you more than a conqueror? And I feel like as believers, a lot of people are always trying to be something. They don't realize who the Lord made them already. And so that's really big for me. So when we talk about the authority of the believer, 
like I just said, there's so many scriptures that says overwhelming victory is ours through mm -hmm. Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, that we are more than conquerors, and a conqueror is somebody who won. If you conquer right. something, you won. You like, well, I won. But when you're more than a conqueror, not only I, I, I have a, an analogy of like two kings going to a war, and uh, the one the one king beats the king, and that's the conqueror, right? But if he says to that other um, king, not only did I beat you, but I'm going to make you serve me now for the rest of your life. Like, that's more than a right. conqueror. Mm -hmm. So we know that the devil came uh, to steal, to kill, to destroy. And he really doesn't care what method he uses to do it. So he'll use drugs. He'll use alcohol. He'll use uh, somebody come beat your head in through domestic violence situations. Really, the method doesn't matter. It's just whatever vice he can get you to right. bite on. With that being said, am I supposed to, as a Christian, be like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've got this thief out here that's trying mm -hmm. to steal from me, trying to kill my life, he's trying to destroy me. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So which one will I have? It's going to be based on what you believe. What voice do you hear? Do you know who he made you? So when I'm working with young people a lot of times who are saying, hey, you know, how do I read the Bible? Like, what do I do? I'm saying you need to pay attention to all of the prepositions that's out there, the for hims, the in him, by him, through him. Because when you see that in the New Testament and you begin to see who you are, that you are seated in heavenly places mm -hmm. with Christ Jesus. Um, Ephesians 1, I love because it talks about the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Like there's some stuff you need to be enlightened to. Um, and you need to know about the hope of your calling. It talks about what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. So not only is there a little bit of power that God wants to give you, he said it's exceeding greatness. And he uh, likened it to the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So that was the greatest display of power ever seen on the earth was Christ's resurrection from the dead. And he raised them out of up out of everything that was wrong mm -hmm. with us. Right. So it's like powerful, right? Yeah. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> My fault, my fault. But um, no, it's really powerful. And that's something I've noticed in my life. It's just like the first step is understanding like who God made you to be. And like yes. you said, like he's made us more than conquerors. So once you get past that first step um, in my life, like the thoughts still come right and attacks still come from the enemy. So like how practically do you deal with that? Like getting out of cycles and getting out of like once you're entrapped in them, how do you practically get out of um, these cycles? So it's important. Um and in my discipleship clinic book on the authority of the believer, we used um, there's several things. So God, he was so smart in what he did. And the first thing I want to say is it's the knowledge of the word is very important. Um, he, Hosea 4, 6, the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, not the devil's children, but mine. So it's what you don't know about who he made you, um, Christ in you, the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of these things that causes us to perish in tests and trials, right? So we have a thief that's out here. We have principalities and powers, and the Bible talks about might and mm -hmm. things, dominions, things that are trying to rule you, trying to control you. But then it starts to say that 
those are those are things that we know that are coming. But so these are things we can't see. That's where I want to go. You can't see these things. So you're not going to fight the enemy with uh, your dukes. You know what I'm saying? Ah, devil on the box. If you saw him, you'd knock him out because we all hate him. I'm like taking you out. (laughs) It's the worst person. I probably... (laughs) (laughs) I got my (laughs) cat. No, but... um, So you have to have your spiritual weapons. And so there are five spiritual weapons that I'm always talking about. One, I learned these uh, from Kenneth Hagin, Triumphant Church. It's a book that's so good. So one is the name of Jesus. That's a weapon because he has the name that's above every name. Mm -hmm. At the name of Jesus, everything else has to bow. For instance, if there's a cancer or something comes, that's a name. At the name of Jesus, cancer, you have to bow to that name in Jesus' name, right? Then there is um, prayer. English and in tongues. Praise and worship is a weapon. Remember the word says, for the spirit of heaviness, we put on the garment of praise. praise. And so that's a weapon. The word of God is a weapon. And the blood of Jesus is a weapon. And you see, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard people say, I plead the blood of Jesus yeah, over my yeah, family, over definitely. my home, over my cars, you know. That was a grandma's thing. Yeah. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she going to say, I, them baby, them grandmama's going to rock and pray. Uh-huh. And, now I bind you, Satan, <laughs> in Jesus' name, you know. But with that being said, where did that come from? That comes all the way back to Moses when he's getting ready to lead the children of Israel who's been enslaved for 400 years out of bondage and the last plague is one of death and it's one of death because pharaoh sold death he killed even moses when he was an infant they were trying to kill all of the men and so um the lord told moses that if you take a lamb take the blood put it over the doorpost um then whoever when the deaf angel came it would have to pass over that house Right. And so we learn in the scriptures as we continue to read that Christ becomes the last lamb and we symbolically uh, put his blood, the blood of Jesus over us and our families as a form of protection. Well, 100 percent. And then with that, like, of course, like having those weapons, I think sometimes people, I guess, who are younger can like come at like, I guess, like their sin or like their cycles of sin or things that they're being like uh maybe like oppressed with like in like a very like defeated tone like i remember i was just having this conversation like i guess it was actually like this week with someone that um that's a friend of mine and they were like yeah man just like i'll be trying but like the, just, the flesh is just so weak like you know what i mean it yeah. was like of course that yeah, that is a fact but you know i think it was just more in like a tone of like oh this is something i'm just always mm-hmm. gonna have to like deal with and like fall to yeah. at least and so um I wanted to ask you about that because there was one thing I think we you had said it, but like it was the aspect of like difference between like fact and truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is definitely like a something people need to know and acknowledge even like when they're going through something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact like between like fact and like what the truth is. So I wanted you to explain that because I thought it was like dope. Man, uh, sometimes. So because I do a lot of campus ministry, I get a lot of people who don't believe in God like the atheists, the agnostics, not really sure, um, different religions and all of those things. And what I love about what I do, it's a method called SALT. Like you start a conversation with people, you ask questions, you listen, you tell the story. 
So we want to find the common ground, and then we want to discuss the tensions that we find where we don't agree, um, but we want to do it through building relationships with people. So I would say the first part in understanding facts and truth, like what is your community around you, right? Because with that being said, like I ask young people this all the time. I say, hey, what is your definition of truth? Because mm-hmm. I got to determine that first if I'm going to speak truth later. Mm-hmm. Because we may not, if they say they don't believe in the Bible and I'm giving all Bible references, then it's like, hey. Right. But if someone is saying that I'm a Christian and I say, what is your definition of truth? This one girl said, oh, that's a hard one. And I said, is it really? <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, because people can say my education, like things my parents taught me, things I learned from teachers at school. Mm-hmm. But Jesus defined truth. He said in John 14, 6, that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So for me, my definition of truth looks like Jesus. What he taught, what he said, what he did. Not only him, but what he did through those who represented him. Um, And so with that being said, the enemy, the way that he operates, he can give us facts and he can give us lies. But he can never give us truth. And the way that I help people to see this, it's like, for instance, you go to the doctor, you get a report, and they say you have a lump in um, your leg. And I ask people, is that the truth? And everybody's looking like, (laughs) the doctor said it. So, yeah, it's the truth. No, that's a fact. There is Mm. a fact that there is a lump here. The truth is, with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we were healed and made whole. So that's my truth. So um, I define truth as a reality. See, there's a reality that we see only in Christ. Um, And it's an appearance that we see through him where he overcame the world, where he cast out devils, where he laid hands on the sick and he watched them recover. And so if I'm going to make it in this life, it's going to look crazy because this is where the enemy, I think, deceives us the most because he keeps us in the five physical senses, things you can see, touch, taste, smell, hear. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We're living by things we can't see yet, but we believe that they're real. Mm -hmm. So we believe it in our hearts and we begin to confess that with our mouth. So you can't see healing, right? But I still believe what the scriptures say in relating to healing. Like I believe Jesus took stripes on his back so I could be healed and made whole. So therefore, when a sickness comes to me, Instead of me just saying, oh, man, you know, Corona got me like I'm, I got this fever. That's a fact. But the truth is, with the stripes of wounded Jesus, I were healed and made whole. So, like, how do I apply that? Well, if I know that, then I'm saying, hey, you're in violation mm-hmm. of my covenant rights as a child of God. Take your hands off my body. I believe, Lord, that with the stripes of wounded Jesus, I was healed and made whole. And I thank you, Lord, for your healing power working in my bodies. So I take Jesus' truth and I speak it against the devil's facts and lies. And there was something else that you had taught us about, because I think sometimes people, the worst position you can be in is like whenever like you're in a fight or in a battle that you, you don't know mm-hmm. of, like you're right. unaware of, yeah. right? Like you're literally getting blows from every side. 
you don't know that you're really in the middle of like an actual war. And so I think that some people don't always realize, of course, like their own power and authority, but sometimes even like the tactics and things of the enemy as well, because like that is a real thing. And so uh, can you like explain that? Just like the things that like the enemy does do, because there was three things that you mentioned to us. You talking about the oppression? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which speaks to Jordan's question about, like, thoughts. I mean, we do know whoever wins the mind is going to win the body, mm. right? This is why it's so important. So when I get saved, right, my spirit, so I'm spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very important that we understand that we're spirit, soul, and body because I'm supposed to be doing something with all three of those, um, my spirit, when I invite Jesus to come into my spirit, and I hate when people say, I'm going soul winning. Like, that's like mine. You're not going soul winning. <laughs> like, when people are inviting Jesus to come into their yeah. heart, their spirits are being transformed right. and changed, right, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that is what becomes alive unto God uh, because Christ is inside of it. My mind, my will, my emotions has to be washed with the washing of the water of the word. And then I have to put my body under. I just have to say no. Now, um, with that being said, the way the enemy works, he can do three things to people. He can possess people. He can oppress you and he can obsess you. Right. When we're talking about a a possession, a Christian cannot be possessed because that's a total takeover of spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. And when you invite Jesus to come into your heart, the Bible says that your spirit is sealed to the day of Christ. So Satan cannot get into a Christian spirit. But what he can do is oppress you in your mind. And oppression is like outside pressure that's coming in on every side until you're keenly aware of it Mm. it's just feeling like heaviness the depression is a form of oppression right and then he can obsess you in your thought process like one compulsive thought that you can't get out of your mind it's running like a loop like over and over and over again so with that being said Oppression can look like uh, also a sickness in your body because he can do it in your mind and your body, but he can't have your spirit. Mm -hmm. So if a Christian does not take the time with the washing of the water of the word, it can be a danger zone for us. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, And I wanted to address something you mentioned earlier. You were talking about how um, when you make that choice to give your life to Jesus, your spirit is saved. But like, what about the soul? It reminds me of the Bible where it talks about you need to work out your soul salvation. Um, I think some uh, mindset that we get in as Christians is like when we give our life to Jesus, it's like we we put it all in his hands in the sense that we feel like there's no work for for us to do. You know what I mean? Um, So when you're like working out your soul salvation, like what what does that like? What steps do do we need to take as believers once we give our life to God? Right. Working out our soul salvation. What does that what does that look like? Especially when it like when it comes to just like discipleship in that process after, you know, because I think it's um, I think you speak on a lot. It's just like lordship. Right. In the sense of, okay, like now, okay, I've made God my savior, but have I stepped in for stepped into the fact that he is now Lord over my life? Yeah. And so once you really make that conscious decision, you know, like discipleship, like, you know, getting around like community and all that, what does that process like really look like or should, you know, for people? So for us, we are intentional about discipleship is huge. Because it's like you catch the fish, but you got to gut it and clean it. Mm. And you got to 
clean out the intestines and the poop and it's nasty and it's stinky process and that's what we call discipleship mm. it's not pretty sometimes yeah. because now god's got to deal with my past and i'm working through my emotions and i'm learning how to kill die to self and flesh but the wonderful thing about what god does he see he became man because he knew that we could not get this thing right so he became a man himself and said, I'm going to go and defeat sin in the flesh. And then I'm going to come and live inside of them and show them how to do it. So this is not in our own strength. And I really want to stress that because I think so many people say uh, what you said in terms of I want to make God my savior mm -hmm. because they want to get into heaven. But. You're not getting saved just to get into heaven. Like, he wants to be Lord. I think six, uh, there was a, our discipleship book says over 647 times does it say Lordship in the uh, New Testament versus like 28 times of Savior. So the overwhelming emphasis is that I want you to come under my rule mm -hmm. and I want to do in you what you can't do for yourself. So a lot of people go to works. Like, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to be mm -hmm. a good person. I'm going to pray all day. And then I'm, I'm going to pray 10 hours. But then if you don't do that, guess what? You like depressed. You're beating right. yourself up. You condemn because that's works. And we're saved by faith through grace. Grace is God's ability to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So he has an ability that he comes and brings into us that helps us to do the things we could never do in our own human strength. Now, you know, if we could have did it, we would have been, right. been bragging about right. it. This is why we saved by grace, so mm -hmm. we can't boast, right? We would be like, I did all these great things for God. No, he did it through me. The Holy Spirit was my helper. He came and led me. He guided me. He taught me. And I have to give all the glory and the honor and praise to him. Yeah. So when it comes to that aspect of even like understanding like grace, like in the process of like lordship, understanding it's not in your strength. What is the balance between, you know, like grace and truth? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And I'm smiling because I was just in a New Testament course um, where we were doing the New Testament survey mm -hmm. and we we're talking about like the books of Bible. But one, um, we talked about grace because some people try to use, they say, well, Jesus already came. He already defeated sin in the flesh or whatever. So I could just do whatever I want to do because I'm free now in Christ and yeah. he already paid for my sin. Now, that is grace in the ditch. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble because the wage of sin brings us death. Mm. Like whatever God is not, that's the way I describe death. I don't, um, I look at, you know, God representing life, peace, mm. you know, joy, wisdom and knowledge to make the right decisions, all that is good. Yeah. So if I'm in a form of death, which I talk about three types of death, eternal death, physical death and um, spiritual death. Um, if I'm in a form of death, I'm in whatever God is not. So the depression, the fear, the sicknesses, um, anxieties, and the pressures of life, those are forms of death, that Jesus came to do something about those. With that being said, when I think about the true grace of God, it's when his ability comes and it helps me 
to overcome those things and not to live in those things. Remember, like, Romans 6 and 7 and 8, you know, Paul's he's talking about this body, the shackle of death, this body, right? And he's like, who's going to... He said, when I want to do good, evil's all around yeah. me. And he was like, oh, who's going to deliver me from this body, this shackle of death? And at the end, he comes to the conclusion, oh, thank God, through Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. he will. Right? So Christ came to be a substitute for us, to swap places. And he took my sins away. And then he gave me his righteousness as a free gift. I don't have to earn it. I don't yeah. deserve it. I believed that and received that by faith. So... If I'm still in sin on purpose, there is no way I'm in the true grace of God because mm -hmm. it's his ability and the power of the Holy Spirit working in me to do in me what I can't do for myself. Christ came to swap places. So am I truly in the grace of God and I want to continue in sin? So when it comes to that, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? Because I think it's something like a lot of people hear and don't understand. Of course, understanding the fact of like, it's like by grace through faith and you need God's strength, you know, and like not carrying unnecessary weight, which is something me and Jordan always talk about. So what does that look like? And what does that like really mean to like do that and go through that process? Um, when someone asked me about what does it mean to really be, to walk by the Spirit or be led by the Spirit, I'm going to tell you is walking in love because that who God is. The Bible says God is love. And um, faith, our faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. And 1 John 4, 18, 4, 18 says perfect love cast out fear. So um, the one area where you see that you're not forgiven is if you're not forgiving others, right? So you're going to cut off the power of God in your life when you don't live in love. So it's super, super important. And it's one of my, I had three major areas when the Lord started delivering me mm -hmm. from my past. And one of them was fear. Um, and I got taught on fear for like a whole year. <laughs> uh, one of them was um, getting sickness and disease, broken that curse of infirmity and sickness and disease. Chronic sickness was broken off my life. And then the other area was the Lord teaching me how to walk in love. It was huge for me. And so I had to meditate on like love verses all the time. But what I have noticed in my life and other people that I work with that are really strong in their faith and really seeing the power of God, like the gifts in operation, are those who walk in love, you will have a very strong manifestation of God's presence. And part of walking in love is um, that grace is going to lead to obedience because Jesus said the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me, right? The one who's loved, who loves me is going to be loved by my father. He said, I too will love that person. And then we're going to come and make our abode in that person, like a dwelling place in them. Mm. And um, I love the Amplified Bible because it says that he's going to come out and manifest himself and be clearly seen. And this is what we want. We want the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and knowledge to make the right decisions every day, telling us what to do, um, how to act. The Bible says that he'll show us things to come, that he puts us into remembrance the things that Jesus taught us in the word. So um, I feel like the greatest gift that God gave us, which is the promise of the Holy Spirit, is the least thing uh, Christians yeah. acknowledge and use um, 
to its fullest capacity. I'm actually like, Lord, I want greater understanding of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, like, what is it? So you mentioned, like, love, of course, and how, like, that's the biggest part of, like, being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. And so I want you to also talk about, like, unforgiveness and how that can, like, be a seed that, like, stops the flow of, like, power or, like, you know, you walking into all things like God has you wants you to be or to do because we talked about the last time that you we were here and it was the fact you had mentioned something and help me out it was like the freedom of the leader like allows like everyone else that they're like covering or under to walk into it like that much more so when it comes to like someone who is like you know maybe speaking to people or have a platform or any to any capacity but they're still in in bondage or captivity themselves like it like limits what they can do to its full extent yeah go ahead yeah (laughs) um you talking about our worship night because at our worship night um a couple weeks ago we had a worship night here it was crazy (laughs) in here so much fun um the power of god was so so strong And this word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's emancipation from bondage. So we saw people get saved. We saw people get delivered, like uh, breaking off some depression and different things. And we saw people get filled with the Holy Spirit, get their prayer language, you know. And one thing I was telling them the next day we were talking about, like, why was it such a strong presence of God in here? And I was saying the freedom, the liberty in which the people who are leading the worship, there's an anointing that's mm-hmm. on your life that you carry um, when you're doing what you're supposed to do. The power of God, he's present to heal. So like the Holy Spirit, he can be grieved. He's the power of God, right? So he can be grieved. He's a person. He's not a it. He's not a like, I'm scary, woo, ghost, you know. He's a real person. And so when we acknowledge him like that, um, he is the one who brings conviction and he is the person that leads us to uh, grants us repentance, which is why if you blaspheme him, there's no more sacrifice. Because who's going to get you to yeah. like repent, right? So one of the things that I know just really grieves the Holy Spirit is unforgiveness. When you won't forgive yourself and others. And Jesus, um, in John thirteen thirty four, he said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I've loved you. And now I'm asking you the question, how did he love us? Because that's the question. If he's going to tell you, I want you to love people like I loved you, then you have to know how he loved you to be able to do that. And so um, I remember when my old pastor was uh, teaching me this lesson, and he said, Romans 5, 8 is how Jesus loved us. And Christ Mm -hmm. loved us while we were yet sinners. See, he didn't make you earn it. He didn't make you deserve it. So when he's saying this new commandment I give you that you love one, one is yourself. And until you see how the Lord love you, you don't have uh, an idea, a clue of how to go love someone else. Because you got to receive this love first before you can go live this love towards someone else. And people who say, I can't do it because you don't understand what they did to me, you know, my past um, they don't understand that when you give your life to Christ and he comes to live in you, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit who sheds the love, abroad, uh, the love of God abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So that means he pours it in you. So when people say, I can't do it, I'm like, do we, you, we need to get saved? <laughs> <laughs> you have the same capability of loving others just like God because God came to live in you. Right. And so it's super, super important. 
I love it because Peter was tripping out about this. He's like, thank you. Like, how many times do I got to forgive people? And Jesus is like 70 yeah. times seven. And I'm yeah. like, who has done 490 things wrong to you right. in a day? Right? <laughs> is that not crazy? It is for sure. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to all of that, um, because I think a lot of you're kind of talking about like the how behind it. People are always asking like how like to do and things like that. I think faith plays a huge role in that. Absolutely. And belief. And so I want I want to really know hear your thoughts on that because you have told us like some just ridiculous stories about just like when it comes to like just miracles and testimonies. And yeah. I think sometimes people just don't know what they haven't been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I just wanted you to kind of like go into that because I think faith, like, it's like of course like people are like duh, like it's what you need, but not always like fully recognize like where their level of faith is at, yeah. you know, and how to, like, go from, like, glory to glory, even in that aspect of their walk with God. Right. And even if you say the phrase, going from glory to glory, right, glory is God's manifested presence. So you're going from one degree of him manifesting his presence and power mm. to the next level of him manifesting his glory and power. Um, and I think this is important to explain to people because I— a lot of times um, I'm asked to preach on the Holy Spirit and pray with people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So when I get saved, right, the Holy Spirit comes to live in me as a believer because Jesus is seated in heavenly places with God, right? He said, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm going to send you a helper. So the Holy Spirit's the one that's active in the earth. So that's important. That's a note. Um, with that being said, the Holy Spirit, when he when he comes in you, I would say it's like this bottle of water. See, there's water in here. But then when it talks about like Acts 1-8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come mm-hmm. upon you. And that power was not for us to sit on the couch like we're doing right now. Having <laughs> right. right? Now the power, it says, is for them to be a witness, a right. bold witness. See, before the Holy Spirit came with power for them, they were hiding. They were afraid. And then after they have this experience in the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit comes on them and they hear everybody speaking in their language, you see Peter, who was like the fussing cousin disciple, cutting the man's ear off, you know, he denied Jesus three times. And now he led 3,000 people Mm -hmm. to the Lord in a day. In a day. And then the Bible says that the presence, the power God was on him so strong, people were getting healed in the shadow. It's like, what? <laughs> so we talk about Galatians 5.22, like the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. like the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the temperance, this self-control. This is the work which the Holy Spirit's presence within produces in our lives. But then you go to 1 Corinthians 12, and you see the nine gifts of the Spirit. So we got the nine fruit of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. When he shows up, he divides this power severally as he will. So you might get some, Jordan gets some, I get some. We don't have it all without measure like Jesus did. We have it by measure. But when he shows up, he brings words of knowledge, words of uh, wisdom, special faith. This faith is different from the measure you have when you're born again. Everybody has a measure of believing when you're born again, right? 
But special faith, you're inspired to believe something super crazy, mm-hmm. but it's by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like you of yourself could not believe like that. And an example I have of that is when it, uh, my son Eric blew out his knee and um, they told him it was one of the worst knee injuries that he that they've ever seen. And he was probably never going to play sports again. And they said after surgery, it would be eight months to a year um, after rehabbing, and, but he possibly may never yeah, play. Remember, we said facts versus truth. So mm-hmm. that was the facts because it was destroyed. Ligaments on the outside, meniscus is torn, ACLs torn, chip bone, fragments. This thing is just ripped to shreds, yeah. basically. No stability in the knee. And I look at Eric and I say, hey, do you want to believe God for a supernatural speed of recovery um, after surgery or no surgery? And my son looks at me and says, I don't want to have surgery. What? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay. Um, And he doesn't have that kind of faith to believe that. I don't have that kind of faith to believe that. But that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's special faith. Mm-hmm. And um, the other gifts, and I'll kind of not leave you on the cliffhanger of what happened with <laughs> me, right? The other gifts, you know, with the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. And it's healings with an S because certain people have an anointing in certain areas. Like you may be able to lay hands on people with heart conditions. And somebody else may have mm-hmm. the, a gift working where they're opening deaf ears mm-hmm. or blind eyes. So. So it's gifts of healing, but then there's discerning the spirits, being able to distinguish between that which is good and that which is evil. There is tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy, which upbuilds, um, it builds up the church, right? But when we um, saw this miracle on my son's knee, he, uh, we went to the word and we took the word like medicine three times a day. Um, healing verses, meditating on that. And then we prayed in the spirit and we worshiped God for being Rafa healer. And Eric was back on the field in six weeks without surgery. He's still mm. playing football to this day. <laughs> that crazy. happened his, uh, what, his junior year of yeah. high school. Mm. And so God is so good. Like he is amazing. And Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe. And the reason we want to read the word, which is God speaking to us, is that it inspires belief in the impossible. Mm. You don't even know to even pray that or believe like that till you read you could. You see, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do, because I'm going Mm -hmm. to the Father. I'm like, who really believe in they doing some greater works like this? (laughs) Man. And my mama, she is such a, I call her my little spitfire for Jesus. She's so prophetic and all kinds of stuff. She's amazing. But she walks in so much love. Mm -hmm. She would not want to hurt a fly, and there is a very strong presence of God on her life. But twice this year, she goes, daughter, the Lord said you're going to raise the dead. And I'm like, yeah, mama, we're already getting people from dead places, you know, uh, dead in their spirit and alive. She said, no, physically raise the dead. Daughter, you're going to raise the dead. And I just like, yeah. that's right. That's right. Mama said I'm raising the dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, belief in the impossible. I, I I love that, and that this I don't know. This conversation reminds me of 
um, Jesus and the woman at the well, which I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are familiar with, but not just really what happened at the well. This happened a lot of times when God like performed any type of miracle or healing or in- anything of that nature on anyone. It was like what happens after the fact, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, like now someone has like been exposed to this measure of belief and then goes and tells everyone uh, it. about yes. it. And so I want to talk to you about that because I think evangelism is something that is really big in terms of your ministry and what you do in terms of like, you know, traveling, mission trips, not just abroad, but I'm talking about like on campuses in the city and mm-hmm. doing things like that. So I want to talk about like the importance of that because, you know, I think people, some people are, are aware and don't, but some are not, but the fact that you don't have like a personal Jesus, right? That a part of like our call and our mission is not yeah. just to walk it out for ourselves, but to like spread this message to everyone that we come in contact with. Um, and are able to speak to. And so yeah. I want to, because you took us through the God test um, <laughs> the last time that we did, which was absolutely amazing. And yeah. so, yeah, I want to talk to speak on the importance of evangelism and yeah. like, you know, spreading your faith, not just having it for yourself. Yeah, I, I'm so passionate about, um, and, and let me just say this, it's because of where I came from mm-hmm. and I was destroyed. I was beat down. I was broken down. Like when Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, that he came to heal the brokenhearted and those who were beat down by calamity. Like, that was me. I was so beat down by calamity. Um, Coming from a home of domestic violence and then just having so much rage within myself. I was fussing, fighting. I was arrested, you know, uh, several times, and they were about to put me away because of my anger. And then... Jesus steps on the scene and now people are like I can't even imagine you being you know so angry and upset and fighting like I used to fight and, it, and when I'm not talking about like mm, like no it was she dysfunctional <laughs> like, it was crazy we're tearing up doors in the house like chopping up stuff I remember chasing my brother one time and he fell and had a knife in his hand because he was going to come back after us with a knife and he falls and he stabs himself through here he has a scar there today mm-hmm. where the knife went through and so we were uh the demonic forces and presence, they had me so bound and I was so depressed and really wanted to kill myself. I had a friend who did kill herself in high school and that produced even more depression. And then you're talking about my mom finally left my dad when I was 10. We was happy, but then we went through just depression and fear. I mean, she's single mom now struggling with three kids and like, how are we going to make it? And I would always hear her praying though. With that being said, when I think about the way the devil did me, it was so dirty and so low down. I want everybody to have the freedom that Mm -hmm. I have in Christ today, the peace I have, the joy that I have. And and I'm not saying testing trials are not going to come because that would be fake Christianity to think when I accept Jesus, this, you know, everything's going to be a cloud, peaches and cream and cherries on top and everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. No, he said in this world, we're going to have some tests and trials, some tribulations and some distresses. But he told us to be a good cheer because he overcame the world. He deprived the power to harm us and he conquered stuff for us. So my confidence in a God that's a miracle worker that I can run to in the midst of things happening to me, knowing that even if I don't have the answer, he'll get it to me. Yeah. It it propels me onward to tell somebody else and so I realized that the more the closer we become to God the more missional we become the more we have Mm. his heart Jesus saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd see they had no guidance they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to where to go who to talk to so I get a lot of people 
that come to me. They call me Mama Diggs. And it's like, can I talk to you? Uh, will you be my mentor? And I was, when it first started happening, I'm like, what in the world? Where's all these people coming from? Why do they want me? But I wasn't judging them and being critical and judgmental. But yet I was speaking the truth in love. And um, that's the, even by me saying that, is the way that God has used me with a lot of atheists and agnostics because I don't attack, but yet I speak truth in love and I listen. I want to listen to them. I want to hear their heart. I want to hear their stories. I want to hear what they're going through. And then I want to be able to speak the truth of what the gospel represents, the freedom in Christ to that specific area. So I, um, it is my passion, like, is to travel um, and wherever God opens the door, I told people, uh, Dad Hager used to say, if there was one snaggatooth bald-headed woman on the front row, <laughs> I would be there. <laughs> we going in on that woman, right? And love her and uh, tell her um, what Jesus can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Why she got to be bald, though? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just, I just, I'll go wherever, you know. Yeah. I'm not the, um, you know. I remember this one church came to me and they was like, uh, "Would you come to our church?" And I said, "Absolutely." She's like, "Well, how much do you charge?" You know, and I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I said, "If y'all just want to take up a love offering, but I don't even charge to yeah. go. Mm-hmm. I really listen if the Lord wants me to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm not like trying to be famous and I'm not trying to be rich." I want people to experience the freedom where with Christ has made us free, that we've been redeemed from the curse of breaking God's laws. He purchased our freedom from destroyed areas. The Bible says he redeems our life from destruction. So he purchased your freedom from the things that Satan was trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Um, so taking people through um, experiencing spiritual freedom where yeah. they can comb through their past and get over some of these things that probably had them bound for years. Generational curses. Um, it's really more like the demons that was on daddy, like passing its way right. down. But Christ, as because you, you started this off talking about the cycles, he can stop the cycles of bondage mm-hmm. in our life. So what is that? You had mentioned salt, but in terms of like your evangelism, what do you think has made it? effective or like what do you teach people right in terms of like going out because a lot of people are i think that's one of the biggest things that i hear and even i was worried about coming to christ is like yo how do you even start that conversation like what does that look like you don't want to come off like too aggressive too assertive too weird you know like and some people just don't really even know like where to start with that of like sharing their faith and like how to bring that up so like what you know what would you kind of like say to that like what have you learned and like all your experience and teach other people okay yeah so we mentioned salt, mm-hmm. and salt means the S is for start a conversation, the A is for ask questions, the L is for listening to people, and then after we have uh, allowed someone else to speak, we earn the right to be heard, which I think is really important Um I guess we're missing some mad people skills because people are so (laughs) (laughs) wanting to fight to be heard, you know, and they get aggressive and angry when you don't believe like they believe. They just got this cancel culture. We're going to get you out of here, right? Um, But when it comes to the gospel, what I've been using, um, I I go to a place called Bethel World Outreach, and uh, Pastor Rice Brooks, who wrote God's Not Dead, Uh, which is powerful, and three movies were based off of the book. And in that book, he gives evidence for God. Um, 
And he came up with something called the God test. And the God test is very powerful because um, it's two sides and it's 10 questions on each side. So there's a side A and a side B. Side B is for believers. But the 10 questions in the God test helps you to identify what type of belief you actually have. Mm -hmm. And if you say you believe in God, what God is that? Right. Um, Side A is for the atheist and the agnostic. And it gives uh, questions um, that pertain to science and morality and does evil exist and any difference between animal, human and plant life. So these are things when a person says that they don't believe in God and that they're atheists, then they're probably going to believe in science because you believe in something. Yeah. Um, so there's more evidence in science for the existence of God than not, which uh, you won't know that till you kind of right. work with it. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Uh, you had talked on something a little bit earlier about how you've had situations where you um, you were approached about speaking at different places and you didn't even like charge. And that's something I didn't want to skip past because that's something I have noticed about you. Like you're so humble. Right. Someone who's so profound, someone who is so knowledgeable, yet so humble. And I've been talking about or I've been learning about the gifts of the spirit lately and thinking about how. That's definitely something that can get get in the way is pride. When you're being used to such an extent and you have so much power and you're saving all these lives, pride is something that can definitely creep in. But you, I feel like you're just so humble. Have you ever had an instance where you've like sensed pride coming in? And Shoot, yeah. If you did, like, how did you combat that? How did you deal with that? Um, I'm going to say uh, the two areas that I, or well, I'm going to say three, that I stay on guard against, fear, pride, and self-righteousness. Those are things that I pray about almost daily. Lord, I thank you for keeping me from self-righteousness, from fear, and from pride. And, you know, the interesting thing about pride is the way that it manifests in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some people think about pride being that you think you're better than somebody else. And that's not really the main area of pride that um, we have to fight against. The main area of pride is... uh, when you're trying to do stuff in your own human strength, independent of God's help. And when you get upset about your mistakes and your failures and your frustration, it's a form of pride because Paul learned the secret. He said, when I'm weak in human strength, I get to be strong in divine strength. So I'm a glory in my weaknesses that the power of Christ can rest on me. So basically he's saying, when I find the weakness I can get excited because more of the power of God shows up to help me in those weaknesses. But we don't like to show Mm. people that we're weak. We don't like to say, oh, I had a problem, which I think for ministers can be like huge. People feel like you got to put on this front or I'm good. You know, I'm happy for the joy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) and people just and inside. Just because you teach the word doesn't mean you don't go through things. Right. You can't experience a, a depressed thought that's trying to attack your mind that you're going to have to resist. And, you know, I have a prayer team that uh, meets with me every Tuesday and they pray with me specifically for all of the things that God called me into. But what I said to my friends uh, that joined in on this call is I don't want yes people in my life. If you see it, call it yeah. out and Tell me, and don't let me think I'm all that in the hot <laughs> bag of chips and I'm nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm my mind. I'm thinking I'm all that. No, I don't want to think that. So 
uh, I pray that God keeps me, help me have the right estimation of myself in light of who Christ is in me. I was literally listening to Acts this morning, and it was on one of the parts where, uh, uh, I think it was Herod, he died because he didn't give glory to God. Mm. And uh, they started saying, you're a God, you're a God, you're a God, and he didn't give glory to God. And, and, I, and it said, an uh, uh, angel came and struck him down. And I'm mm. like, uh. so fear and that reverence, that respect, and understanding that Whatever I have, I have nothing to do with it. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Spirit doing in me. And I never want to steal God's glory. I want him to receive all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so easy to fall into. Like, we're talking kind of tying back into even, like, me asking you about the whole evangelism piece and, like, leading people to Christ because— that you can have this platform you're like, oh, I led, like, it was me, like, yo, they came to Christ because of me, like, right. my hand, like, my speech, like, mm-hmm. my sermon, like, you know, the way that I speak, I can communicate influence, yeah. charisma, mm-hmm. like, whatever, when, like you said, it's like, you know, Christ in me, the hope of glory that, you know, obviously attracts all of this and makes it happen, it's his hand right. on it all, it was never really us in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, so, but there was, there was one, one of the last things I did want to ask you is, because me and Jordan were talking about this beforehand, because you've given us, like, I don't know if you can think of any right now, but just, like, <laughs> And an extensive amount of stories of just... Oh, amazing storytelling. Yeah, of, like, just <laughs> miracles that, like, you have seen that I know, like, definitely just, like, boost our faith and does something mm-hmm. every time that we hear about it. So, I don't know if you're going to take a minute to think. Because I can't remember no, even I the last one that you told us. But, like, there's been so many things that you've mm-hmm. heard from other people experience firsthand that I'm like, yes. it's just, it's insane. Yeah. I've got two that popped in my mind. I, w- I wanted to say, before I answer that mm-hmm. question... Um, the self-righteousness is that right with self. And we want to be right with ourselves. And we want everybody to agree that we're right. <laughs> and if we're not, we're going to fight to get it right. But Jesus, when he says, you, we identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we are to have a funeral, um, dying to self and allowing Christ's life to be lived through us. And so um, I renounce the spirit of pride and self-righteousness, and I renounce fear. I, I, when I'm teaching, a lot of times I'm talking about reject, renounce, and replace. What are the things in my life I need to reject? I renounce those in Jesus' name, and then I need a replacement in those areas. And so, um, but I never forget that this is not my glory, not my power. Mm. This is all Christ in me doing in me what I cannot do for myself. And I never want to steal that from him. I'm really tender about that area. Um, but a part of not walking in pride, too, is realizing who he made me that I, and not trying to be something. But realizing, like First Peter 2, 9, I'm chosen. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm God's special possession. And he called me from darkness to light for such a time as this. And so when I know that I'm a joint heir with Christ, that that's already something special, I don't have to fight in life trying to get all of this attention from people, look at what I did and look at what I said. In fact, I struggle with social media quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) They know this. People was like, you should post more, you should speak more. And I really struggle. One reason I struggle is because Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And he said, if you love the praise of men, you're going to get that praise from them, and then you're going to miss out on the reward from heaven. 
But then I have people who do give into me in ministry. I want them to see uh, things that God is doing. So the balance of that for me is an interesting little battle yeah. here that we mm-hmm. play. But I don't want to. I don't want to have all that attention because then I got the reward of just your attention. Mm. Dang. <laughs> God's got something else, yeah. you know. I want the, the greater reward. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important because I feel like right now there's a lot of validation from people that they need that attention and, and wanting somebody to take note of me and what I've accomplished and what I've done and look at what I did. That social media is Full, 100%. Full of that. And it will suck you in. And then if you don't get that, then you're going to be depressed and going through it. But I do want to answer your question that you asked me. Miracles. (laughs) Uh, I've got two that uh, stands out in my mind. Um, Earlier this year, um, I got a phone call from a friend who uh, was telling me that a lady was, you know, dying of cancer. She's pretty much in the last stages of cancer. And uh, she's not eating anymore. She's on a lot of pain medication, um, sleeping a lot now. And she's pretty much whittled down to, like, uh, bones and skin. Um, And so, you know, before, this person lives in another state for me. And so they asked me to come. And I was like, Lord, am I going to help this lady prepare to go to meet you? Mm. Or is there, are we coming to get this miracle right, right? what what is going on and um for so for about a couple of days i was praying in the spirit about it and ultimately god was like go go there and something really interesting about this lady is that she had a baby like 22 years ago and they left an instrument in her body could be the source of a lot that was going on i'm not really sure but um she was too weak for them to have the surgery from all of the treatment that she'd been receiving from cancer. And so it's just been there. And so um, I came, and when she came to the door, she was like a crippled overbuilt, like woman. And long story short, (laughs) we prayed for the power of God to dissolve the instrument. We cursed the cancer in Jesus' name, commanded it to wither, to die, and to disappear. In Jesus' name, and there was a lot of things that God wanted to heal internally within her. Because a lot of times when people are going through things, it's not even the the specific illness. It could be some unforgiveness or some things like that that open the door for the enemy to have a foothold in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we kind of did some stuff combing through her past, you know, uh, she had a son that had committed, uh, tried to attempted suicide. It wasn't successful, but then he left after he recovered. Never told her where he was, so that was a hurting thing. And then she's from a different country, so her mother uh, offered her up as a human sacrifice in witchcraft. And uh, and then the Holy Spirit remembers the Holy Spirit said that's the root of that. Mm-hmm. You got to break the power of the devil off of her from that root source and so we did that and uh my god it was like a night and day different the first thing her husband saw it he goes you're not gray anymore see that gray look is the spirit of death Mm -hmm. and we bound we i'm like i bind you death in jesus name and we speak the life of christ back to your spirit your soul and your body so a brightness came on her a joy 
my friend at Fixed Food, and uh, she went in. We was eating beef stew and bread and drinking all these things, and she's just running. Now, mind you, when I said we came to the door, and she was like barely able to even move. Yeah. But when the power of God just started flowing in that place, I tell you, you can feel God so strong, you could almost cut him out with a knife, and it was thick. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys, because some people don't realize I don't serve the Lord because um, people told me to. Or they just say, read the Bible. Man, he manifests and he's real. And there's a tangible presence that will come on you. Peace comes on you. Joy comes on you. And you can feel God. And I'm just saying that because when I laid my hands on that lady, it felt like water flowed out of my hand into her body. And it was just power. And it was like electricity. And she talked about that later. Even when we talked to her like a couple of days later, she had said she had the best uh, night of sleep she ever had. She said it had been eight months since she drank a cup of coffee, woke up, fixed a big old breakfast. And, you know, she was on like 13 medications. And uh, some of them she was only supposed to be on them for like uh, maybe like a week or something. And they had... Her on them for like eight months. So the toxins and the poisons. So like we cursed all that too. It was like, Lord, take out the toxins out of her body and the poisons. And and we asked the angels to come and minister to her body, bring restoration and life back to her. And she is still alive and gaining weight and uh, getting to see. Immediately after the prayer, she had went to the doctor and they took off eight medications instantly. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of God. That's the power of God. Mm -hmm. And then teaching her how to speak life because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So a lot of people speak and give the enemy an open door with the words that they're speaking Mm -hmm. through doubt and unbelief and um, fearing and all of those kind of things. Those, oh, I think this is what's going to happen to me. Or the doctor said, because you're speaking facts and you're not speaking truth, right? So... um, yeah, that's that, that's big. Nah, I remember you telling us that one. That one was crazy. 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 God, that crazy was, God. I was about yeah. to run a lap around a crib. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is just to tell people the God we serve is not this weak little Rudy Poop puny God. No, He's like sure. amazing God, yeah. miracle working God, the God that parted the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And Jesus raised several people from the dead. He opened blind eyes and deaf ears. And I think about the, the woman. Um, that was healed with the issue of blood 12 years. Mm-hmm. She went to every doctor she could. And the scriptures say she spent all her money and rather grew worse. And so then she gets one touch from Jesus. If yeah. I could just touch just mm-hmm. the hem of his garment. Yeah. She said, I shall be made whole. And I like what she was saying, though, because she was speaking faith, always just believing something and confessing it with your mouth. It's the same way you get saved. You believe in your heart what Jesus did, and you confess that with your mouth. It's the same way you receive anything from God. Healing, whatever that is you need. You believe it in your heart, the promises of God, and you confess those with your mouth. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I think it's something like, like you said, like understanding just like the power of God and like what he is able to do. Because it's not anything that... That's like ceased, you know, like it's something that is still active and present today. So I think that's why stories like that are so important yeah. to like publicize so people understand. Because I think they can think about like, you know, God laying like hands on people that who were sick and they recovered as like, oh, that being folklore or like right. something that happened in biblical times. It's not something that's active and like actually alive today. But like it's so it's so it present. Is. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so real. And it's important, too, that we understand faith comes by hearing. 
not just the word, but even stories like that built somebody else's belief mm -hmm. that they could believe God for their circumstance and situation. I had my other story I was going to tell you because I said I had two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was a friend of mine. I love this story because she was a baby Christian. So she had just given her life to Christ and her and her husband are working and she felt like something happened in her neck. And we, by the time she got home, she was laying on her ottoman and she could not get up. And so she's like, I'm paralyzed. Well, she had uh, enough sense <laughs> to call a friend who was a little bit more seasoned in this thing. And she called a friend. Her friend came over, laid hands on her. They anointed her with oil, mm -hmm. laid hands on her and prayed for her. She said she didn't really sense anything like big, but she said, I believe I receive what you know, they just prayed for me. And she said the whole time before she went to bed, she kept saying within herself, which is the same thing, like with woman with the issue. But right. she, she said within herself, if I but touch. But this lady was saying, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be healed and made whole. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be healed and made whole. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be healed and made whole. And she had already set a doctor's appointment. And I think she had already had an MRI and they were uh, looking at it and uh, she was supposed to be coming in for them to tell her yeah. what was going on, right? So uh, she wakes up in the morning and she's completely healed. She's well and she's like, yes. And so she's like, I'm keeping my doctor's appointment because I got to see what God healed me right. of. Mm -hmm. So she walks to the doctor's office and she says, uh, the, the doctor says, where is the lady that was in this MRI? And she was like, it's me. And he's like, no way. <laughs> he said, the lady that was in this MRI, was uh, we were scheduling you for emergency surgery because he said she had several discs in her back, back mm. in her neck that were they were blown out. And he said, in fact, when you went into the machine, there was one rupturing at the time that we was doing the test. Mm. So they was about to take her to emergency surgery. And she was like, Jesus healed me. Now, this is... I love that part of her testimony, but this is the part that really gets me. It's about a, like a couple months later, and he has these little symptoms like coming back. And in her mind, she's saying, oh, no, I'm about to be paralyzed yeah. again, and this is probably going to be for the rest of my life. And she said she went to bed that night, and she had a dream. And in her dream, someone comes to the door. There's a knock on the door, and she opens the door, and it said a UPS driver. And it had a, he had a package in his hands, and um, the guy in the dream was saying, here's your package, your symptoms, is what it said on the package. And she, she heard a voice in the dream that said, don't receive it, return to sender. Mm -hmm. And so she woke up right there. And what God was saying is when he does a work in you and he heals you, Satan tries to sneak back in because the Bible does say that. That's scripture. It says when the unclean spirits go out of a man, they, they go through back. dry places. They're mm -hmm. trying to get into another home. They can't find anywhere else to go. So it comes back to that house. And the Bible says that they find that house empty and swept clean. And so it says that they bring seven more demons more wicked than the first. And it said the last state of that man is worse than the first. This is why I always talk about whenever I'm rejecting, renouncing, what are you replacing with? Because there is no way that the enemy should come back and find your house empty and swept clean. Mm -hmm. It needs to be full of the word or worship or praise, but you need to be full of something that's mm -hmm. good. That's yeah. what the Bible's saying, right? 
With that being said, she was like, no, return to sender symptoms. I don't receive you in Jesus' name. You take your hands off my body. And, of course, she's whole and well that's, today. Pa- yeah. That's crazy. But return to sender. Return to sender. Yes, that's take that back. I like that. I like that. That'll preach. Yes. But, no, thank you for sharing those. I really appreciate it. Uh, and those are just, like, testaments to, like, yeah. everything that we've already had to speak in the entire episode. So the, re- the last thing, as we're, like, closing, that I wanted to ask you is, if there's anything, I guess that's some words of wisdom, advice, you know what I mean? Any, any revelation you want to give to the people, young adults, everyone watching Pertaining across the world? What? Anything, <laughs> just anything, just anything. I'm going to say it's something we already discussed in this podcast, and that is asking the Lord to teach you how to love like him, how to walk like him, how to talk like him, how to think like he thinks. Because when I'm living in the love of God, I've got access to all the things of God. Like Ephesians 3 talks about being rooted and grounded in love, that you can know the depths, the height, the length of love. Like how high does this thing go? How wide is this thing? And and because when you hear all of that, then you get down to verse 20 because that's like 16. And then you get to verse 20 and it says now unto him. See, that person who's been rooted and grounded in love, who's understanding the depths of love, the length, the height. I mean, that love of God that raised Christ from the dead, right? Or the love that sent him in the first place, right? Um, He said, now unto that person who's rooted and grounded in that. He said he's able to do exceeding abundantly, far above what you could ask or think. I like the Amplified Bible. says, infinitely beyond your highest thoughts, hopes, prayers, or dreams. And that's what I want from God. Like, my three things I say when I wake up every day, and I used to yell this to my kids. They're like, oh, no, mama's up today. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, something good's going to happen to me today. And then I would say, I'm expecting a miracle today, and I'm yelling this. And then I'm saying, Lord, take my life and do something good with it. Mm -hmm. And I would say that because before God taught me to um, speak life and health and and speak words that produce life i was like fearing and had an expectation of danger evil forebodings like oh this ain't gonna turn out well for me and the lord said i didn't give you a spirit of fear because evil expectations is a form of fear he's like i gave you love power and a sound mind a mind of discipline and self-control and so i'm not giving you an expectation that it's not going to turn around i love you When I get a revelation of how much the Father loves me and what love has done for me, it transforms everything in my life. So my advice to you, forgive everybody. Don't let one person, when you point that finger at somebody else, you got three pointing right back at you. And I'm like, I'm saying, Lord, I love them. You love them. We love them. I'm letting this go. I will. I refuse to hold unforgiveness towards anybody. I don't care what they said, did, because I don't have time for my power to be cut off. Mm-hmm. I've got to live. it. I got to have it with this world, the way it looks. Yeah, right. I got to have the power of God. Mm-hmm. So that is my plea to people. Let it go. Cash your cares. Forgive. Go back and restore those relationships. God restored my relationship with my daddy. I got to lead my daddy to the Lord before he died. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did it through love. He had me go read these love verses. He called my mom and apologized to her and my siblings. 
and all of those things. And he prayed and he told me this. He said, I felt like I was in a cage for 50 years. So he had more freedom in his death than he did the whole time he was alive. And I learned something. Uh, God said, he's just as much as a victim as you are. So people that you're angry at, they are influenced by evil. And they're not always at fault. Like him, his mom died early. He, was, he had to live with his grandmother, and they didn't treat him very well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of dysfunction on the side of the family, a lot of people on drugs, and a lot of people sick and all of those kind of things. So he grew up in that hurting people hurt others. You can only give what you got. And I hope by me saying that, that it gives you more compassion when you're looking at somebody who you just said is mean and they're hateful Mm -hmm. and all that, you understand that that's coming from a place and it'll make you pray for them, believe God for them, and that they'll be transformed by the power of God too. That's a word. That's a bar. That'll preach. Mic mic drop. drop. Right right there. That's the one. No, but Mama Diggs, we love you. We love you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming and just blessing us Mm -hmm. and everyone else out there. Hope y'all's taking notes. For for real. They're going to throw around this back a few times, obviously, but... No, we appreciate you. Thank yes. you once again. Thank you again. for coming on. And Thank for everyone you for else. Me to come. Of course. It's an honor. I'm like, I get to be on there for <laughs> It's Bye. an honor to have you. So we appreciate you. But everyone else, I hope y'all are blessed by this. Take some notes. You know what I mean? Oh, and also, where, where can they find you on oh, social yeah. media? You got a plug. You got a plug. You got a plug. No one would have beat me up if this didn't happen. No, that's what I'm like, okay, um, you can go to ericadiggs.com. That's my ministry website. Um, I'm Erica Diggs Ministry on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then, look, book, small book of prayers. Yes, books, great book yeah. power. It'll be linked in the description. And this is all the Discipleship Clinic 101. It's, it's something that they're, they're yes. saying. I'm actually rewriting the beginning of this, so you'll have to wait. I pulled it off of Amazon, but... Um, I'm going to repost it very soon. So Yeah, so make sure you go follow her on all her platforms. Go tap I'll in. Yeah. Be in the description. Get the discipleship book. It's a must for like any stage you're at. It's amazing. John, it's very powerful. <laughs> then we got John in the Shout thing. out John. <laughs> John the Saint. Oh, yeah. My babies. <laughs> but no, it's family. So we appreciate we appreciate all y'all tuning in. Help you bless it. Get all the cop everything. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? But stay yeah. you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love. Bye. Yeah.